0: Thanks again for stopping by. If you're new to the channel, my name is Riley and I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. And today I have the extreme pleasure of being joined by some XJW panelists, some very distinguished XJW panelists. So we have in the house Mark from the Is It Really So channel. Hi Mark, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hey, Wally, thanks so much. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks.
0: Yeah, me too. And we also have Matt from the Falling Tower Channel. Hi, Matt. How are you doing?
2: Oh, pretty good. Thank you. Good Good to be here with you guys.
0: Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And last but not least, we have Wally from the JW
3: Thoughts Channel. How are you doing, Wally? It is the hottest day in record in Seattle today, and I only have portable air conditioners, and I'm absolutely dying in the studio. (laughs) I'll be a little bit hot and sweaty uh, here in a few minutes, but I am doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) No problem. Thanks for joining us. So today we are going to be discussing how to debunk JW Doctrine using their own literature or using independent, as in non-apostate, sources and I think that this is a really uh, important subject to speak about because um, I'll give you a little bit of background why I wanted to address this issues because when I started waking up and um, the first time that I gave myself permission to view apostate literature I had a full-on anxiety attack literally my heart was pounding my hands were shaking as I was trying to type into the search engine I was sweating and it was a really extreme reaction And it's one that I've found is very, very common in people who are waking up and researching the organization for the first time. So I thought it would be helpful to show people who are not quite at the stage of looking at apostate literature, but questioning the doctrine and asking themselves if it it really is the truth. I thought it would be a good thing to show them how they can actually answer those questions for themselves without... Crossing that line of looking at a quote-unquote apostate literature and having an, a similar extreme reaction like the one I had and like the one that many other um, PMO witnesses had. So, um, to that end, I assembled a team, a crack team of <laughs> XJW researchers. Um, so I've been watching all of your channels um, for a little while. With the exception of Matt, whose channel is is very very new, and but after seeing all of your videos, um, at least in my mind, you guys represent, um, you know, really people with really good research skills, which which you know impressed me a lot. <laughs> so I thought it would be good to get get you all on um, on a on a live stream so that we could um, do this. So how do you guys feel about it?
2: Sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I I,
1: I, object, I object to the um, uh, description of distinguished and
0: uh, really good researchers.
3: Yeah, that's you're, rubbish. You're
0: making enough
1: up here, man. <laughs> three, three higher.
0: No, that that's just the um, the, the the humility, the uh, the J.W. humility. <laughs> right, okay, but you still have a little bit of that in there. <laughs> sure.
3: I hope so. Okay.
0: Okay, so anyone, any volunteers? Who wants to go first?
3: Well, I was I like twenty out. minutes late, so maybe I should go last just for my tardiness. <laughs>
2: uh, I'll go. Okay. I don't mind going first. But I could just at least uh, get mine out of the way, get my stress done, and we could just move on from there if, uh, I'm if no Mark not mind. Here, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent.
0: Okay. Okay. The the floor is yours, Matt.
2: Yeah, so mine actually is, uh, I guess, kind of a bit of a cheat because to call it a non-apostate source it is not necessarily true. Um, But when I was waking up, uh, the single most important place that I went to find information was dwfacts.com. And what I appreciated about it was the fact that uh, you, it it had so many quotes, so much information that came directly from the publications. So I consider it in my mind, uh, the greatest resource for factual information. Yes, it may bother some that there is some commentary in there where it speaks about, uh, you know, it kind of gives a little bit of a rundown of some of the issues. Uh, but you can easily choose to ignore the commentary portions of it. Just look up what the issue is, and then go find the publication, look up the quotes that are referenced, and then you can come to your own conclusion as to what was published. So, starting with a source like that that has just all of the information. They're ready for you to go. They've done the research for you as far as putting lists together of where the information is. It just really doesn't get too much easier than that. So, um, so that was my number one recommendation that was given to me. And of course, I'll pass that on. Um, as far as the points and things to keep in mind when you're doing research, things that I try to keep in mind myself, that I found helpful, is look up every single quote every single source that's there that's given to you. Um, And so in doing so, that means you're gonna need to make use of the Watchtower Online Library, any personal library that you might have sitting at your house, Watchtower Library, CD-ROM, or even if you wanna go a little bit older, uh, your Kingdom Hall should have, if they still have an actual printed library uh, or with physical books, you can go there and check it out. Uh, uh, But one problem you might run into with publications that are a little bit older than that Particularly, things pre 1950, pre 1970, is the fact that you know you might not be able to find them anywhere because they're certainly not online or on the Watchtower Library CD. Um, so there are online sources for the PDFs for those. So you can choose whether or not you want to trust those if you think they might have been doctored in any way, um, or perhaps if someone asks you for you know, well, how do you know? What says in that? What is in that publication? You could, of course, suggest this to them to go, uh, perhaps even go write the branch office and ask them for a particular publication, uh, a date, name of it, um, and so you could get it directly from the branch office. But I do have to give a little bit of a warning with that because um, if you do that, you might be painting a target on your back because uh, the branch, in, when you write a letter like that. They most likely know who you are, who your congregation is, who your elders are. And so any kind of response that you get back from them is most likely going to be copied back to the elder body. And they're going to be curious as to why you're investigating elder literature, uh, particularly a certain date and page of a publication. And they might be instructed to follow up with you at a shepherding call. So uh, that might be something you'd want to avoid if you are still kind of trying to lay low but it is always an option for you if you uh you know if you want to find something that's a little bit older and really confirm that an older publication like that is actually true for some of the things that may be even more difficult to find uh, such as the secret information like information given to elders um like the ks10 the elders book or at least it was the ks10 at that time and of course the letters to the elders so, of course, if you're a publisher reading through the website, uh, through JW Facts and you see these references, you're really going to have no idea as to whether or not that those publications are, uh, those letters, but quotations are actually real. So, again, you can decide for yourself if you want to accept as to whether or not they're valid. Uh, of course, you can go to a website like, at least as of right now, at avoid JW. Dot org, uh, And you can download the current and previous versions of the elder books, the letters, uh, and you can check up those documents for yourself. Um, that was really helpful for me. Um, I was an elder at the time, so I was actually pulling out my letters, my books, and I was comparing them and I had the benefit of being able to do that. But even once I wasn't an elder anymore, this actually came in pretty handy because I did have someone who tried to challenge me on a policy and uh, this is a person who wasn't an elder. Uh, so I then ended up telling him, well, hey, why don't you go to one of the elders in your congregation, go ask them to go to their elder book and this chapter and verse, and let me know what he tells you that section says. Uh, of course, I never heard anything back after that. Uh, but it does kind of come in handy if you know what those secret publications actually say. Uh, again, I wouldn't recommend doing this if you are a PMO because it pretty much out you immediately. Um, But uh, you could also word your way around it a little bit. uh, And ask an elder about a policy. Uh, Just do so carefully, Maybe perhaps being like, well, what would happen in this kind of a situation? What what, you know, what does the organization say about this? Uh, So if you do it kind of carefully like that, you might be able to get some info that would let you know whether or not what he tells you kind of jibes with the information that you're finding out uh, when you're doing your research. Um, as far as going to research, that goes beyond necessarily doctrine. You know, at this point, you probably would have been finding out about things that uh, the lawyers, the governing body members, branch members, elders, things that have been going on outside of the organization, perhaps in court systems. Uh, if you're getting into those kinds of things, such as court cases, uh, you can choose to accept the PDF transcripts that have been provided for you from people. Uh, that have been made available online. Uh, or you can actually go and obtain those directly from court systems, which you know, of course it may have a fee uh, associated with it in order for you to get them. But uh, there are various ways that you can go and you can be sure that you're not getting something from an apostate resource. You can go and, and double check that uh, pretty much instantly. Now, uh, another point that I found to be really careful on or pretty eye-opening when you start finding about finding out about the deception in the organization of publications is the use of the ellipsis. So the little three dots that you'll see uh, whenever they're quoting from a certain uh, publication or a person, every time you see one of those, go and look up that quote, find out where it came from, see what the context of it is, and find out what they're leaving out. Uh, You will be shocked at some of the things that you find. This is something that I still do to this day whenever a new publication becomes available I uh, actually just did it a few weeks ago and finding out uh, sometimes they're not even shocking just hard to understand of why they would skip out one word of a sentence um, but a lot of times you, it really becomes clear the level of deception and that will be things that will be very helpful for you in the future when someone asks you to prove how the organization has been deceptive. things if you can lay stuff like that right there on the table that's really something that they can't fight against so that could be uh, pretty helpful. Um, my next tip would be to be careful where you get your information from. I know that, that kind of sounds like something that the organization would say itself, but you know it is something that has you know, some validity to it. Uh, even though online forums can be very helpful in providing factual information, uh, new developments, they can give you a, a sense of community It can also be a source of unsubstantiated information. Uh, You really need to stick to facts that can be proven with concrete evidence. You know, someone's experience it may be uh, interesting, applicable, or true, but it's basically useless to finding out the truth and gathering in this information if they don't have hard evidence to be able to back it up. And keep in mind that something that the organization, particularly leadership, Has been saying for years uh, is that former members, XJWs, will twist the truth. They will lie. So if you ever present a witness, a believing witness, with one piece of evidence or one single issue that turns out to be false or unsubstantiated, you've then lost that battle. And you may have, in fact, lost the war because you will never, what you might not ever get a chance to be able to bring that information to them again. Uh, you know, confirmation bias is a very strong player here. Uh, just as you know, a witness is going to count all the hits and ignore all the misses when it comes to their doctrine and to their religion, they'll actually do the exact opposite. When it comes to uh, you know, an XJW and a former member, they will then count all the misses and ignore all the hits. So it'd be very helpful that when you do your research, stick to things that you can prove for a fact and be able to not only prove it to yourself, but to be able to prove it to someone else whenever that's asked of you. Uh, And one other thing uh, that would be kind of nice to keep in mind as you're going through your research uh, is starting to figure out and learn what logical fallacies are. Uh, I know that's something that that Riley probably has a little snapshot of he can put up on the screen um it's something that may seem daunting to kind of look at some list of these things uh, about logical fallacies, how they work um I, I kind of was a bit daunted by it at first when i saw them thinking there's no way i'm ever going to be able to memorize these but uh but you can you can't do it you'll when things start to not sound quite right um you'll be able to recognize them you'll memorize them and be able to call them out when you see them in the publications, so that can be pretty helpful. I don't know if you were, if Raleigh, if you were putting that up now, or are you just gonna maybe do that a little bit later?
0: Uh, I'm trying, I'm, I'm really sorry. I always <laughs> have technical hitches whenever I try to do the screen share, but um, just give me a second, I'm working on it.
2: <laughs> oh, that's no problem. Well, I, so while, while he's working on that, my final thing, uh, final tip that I just kind of thought that would be helpful would be kind of something that I did when, I was going through my research which was i pretty much pretended that if i weren't a witness if i weren't raised to believe this and someone came to my door with this information what would i what would i say would i believe it and so likewise it may be good for you to just pretend as though you don't have any skin in the game take away any emotional attachment that you have you know toward disbelief pretend that you're an outsider who knows nothing about the organization uh, would you find the excuses made for the organization valid the things that they're using uh, if any other religion was having to resort to those types of lies deception hypocrisy would you offer them the same excuses or would you think that they're unreasonable for going along with it so those are just some of the things that i found helpful uh, when I was going to research and, you know, maybe it could be able to pass it on and help some other people too.
0: Thanks. Thanks a lot, Matt. So this is the, uh, the list of logical fallacies that, that I found. And there was one in particular that stood out to me and it was, uh, the f- false dichotomy. Let me just find it. And of course I can't when I really, when I absolutely
3: need to. I swear it never takes this long. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Where on earth is it? Anyway, so false dichotomy, which is like black and white thinking. So you'll find that with a lot of high control groups and um, cults they'll use black and white thinking as part of their um not necessarily doc yeah doctrine yeah and just the overall um their general way of thinking so they often present the world or they have the worldview of us and them or on any on a particular issue it will be all the way one way to one extreme or all the way to the other extreme very black and white way of looking at things mm. and um the Watchtower does this all the time. They do they do this absolutely all the time. And I found a couple of examples of this, just bear with me. Try and find. Right, when it when it especially when it comes to their view of worldly people, quote unquote, of anyone who isn't a Jehovah's Witness. They have a very, very black and white attitude towards those people. Like here in this example. Here it says, The fact is your way of life could be pleasing to only one of two masters, either you are serving Jehovah God or Satan the devil. A principle found in the Bible helps us to appreciate this. And it goes on to quote the scripture. But right there, saying you're either serving Jehovah God or you're serving the devil—very, very black and white. There's no gray areas. So even if somebody is a not a Jehovah's Witness, but they're a good person, you know, they could live a very, very moral life. But in the eyes of the organization, they're serving—they're Je- serving Satan just because they're not a Jehovah's Witness. And that's an example of a, of a very common logical fallacy, which is a false
3: dichotomy of black and white thinking. Yeah, that's one of the most annoying things that I I hate the law of the occluded middle. It's like, why why are people always creating these spectrums and saying, well, it's this or this, and ignoring the vast majority of people are gonna fall with somewhere in between. It's absolutely wild. And as soon as you learn to identify it, as Matt was saying, you're like, bang, easy, you're free. I was yeah, thinking that, you guys are the
1: three strangest looking Satan worshippers that I've ever, I've oh, ever hell met. yeah, <laughs> you're, decept- you're deceptively uh, friendly and polite. What's going
3: on? <laughs> yeah. I know. I thought. Well, atheists, we worship Satan. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, another another logical fallacy that I found interesting was um, the the one about. I can't remember. You, you're absolutely right, Matt. Um, how are you going to remember all
3: of these? <laughs> 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 he said you can! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come
2: on! I, I said it gets a little bit easier. I, w- I, didn't, I wouldn't exactly say I can remember a little.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't, rem- I can't remember which fallacy this falls under, but it's basically about uh, name-calling or attacking the person Admoning. rather than attacking Ad hominem, that's the one. Thank you very much. Attacking the person rather than attacking their argument. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And um, that's what I found an example of this in um, this article, which is which is the 1986 Watchtower, March the 15th. And the funny thing about this one is that Watchtower have an article where they're advising people against using an ad hominem (laughs) argument but then they're here doing exactly the same thing. Um, what What is often the motive of those who criticize the society or those taking the lead? Is it not often that some application of scripture affects them personally rather than conform to sound doctrine and direction? They want the organization, organization to change. Let us illustrate this with a few examples. And then they go on to list examples. And all they're doing is like calling the, the people in these hypothetical situations names like what is behind such reasoning is it not usually pride and independent attitude or a rather childish desire <laughs> you know and this is this is the example of um somebody who isn't given a certain privilege you know so if if you feel that you you're deserving of a particular privilege and you don't get it then you're proud you have an independent attitude and you're childish mm-hmm.
3: God, how scary is that just phrase the independent attitude just hearing that yeah it like, yeah. <laughs> kind of gives me the yeah. you have an independent <laughs> attitude <laughs> yeah it's, it's
1: it's 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 they're kind of gaslighting people in that way too yeah. they're kind of telling them look um if you if you have any disagreement with us whatsoever you're a child you're proud you're you're just you're malicious uh you're you're wanting to serve satan i mean it's just it's I mean, it's not just as you said an ad hominem attack on on people who don't conform it's, it's it's really i mean whether they mean it or not it's really quite sinister how they're trying to just uh humiliate people into doing and believing what they want them to
0: believe yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> sorry Sorry, go on Woody. it's
2: funny oh
3: oh no matt go ahead
2: i was just gonna say oh it's funny about that is uh like the site that Riley just used there. Uh, JW facts actually has a, I think it's a, it's a fallacy chart on their site, if you, you might have to dig around to find it, but it actually has, I think, a couple of these articles in there where it shows how uh, the organization has printed articles on how to how to avoid you know any of these fallacies. Um, and it's all things they just do themselves, even in the same articles. So it's just, it's absolutely mm-hmm. hilarious when you when you step outside the box and look inside, and realize that you just never saw it before because you're, yeah. you know, you're in your ego gamer.
1: It's like it's like Donald Trump saying that he is the most honest person in the world. You've <laughs> never been as so honest as me before. You know, it's that it's that kind of mentality, isn't
0: it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so um, let's take let's take a break for some uh, comments. There's been loads of comments in the in the live chat. Okay, so this one is from Layman Phil. Seeing the Activists United in a good mood to wake up the sleepers is a pleasure to see in hear. Oh, thank you very much, Phil. <laughs> it's a pleasure to do this, actually. And Mary Miller. When I was pme I would have considered JW Fax an apostate, <laughs> site, an apostate site. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it was, the thing is, JW Fax was compiled by um, an ex-Jehovah's Witness, but the but the, the great thing about that site is that it uses JW's own publications to prove the points and it uses independent sources as well. So it, it's, it's basically a, 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 a com- compilation of all of, of the, their own literature that invalidates their own doctrine, which I think, you know, even though it was put together by an apostate, it's an important resource to consider. Uh Jean c I honestly wonder how many have really woken up and just stay for their own self importance apart from having family in because there are so many hmm, moments <laughs> happening now um, yeah, that's the thing i mean i i know I know for a fact there are people with status in the organization and I wouldn't necessarily say that they are pmo. they might have their doubts, but they would never ever leave because that's the only place where they have status. I mean, that is actually a thing, mm. you know, to, to be able, I mean, witnesses, as we all know, aren't among the most academically educated people, you know, so a lot of witnesses, especially um, elders or people with responsibilities in a, in a congregation have very menial jobs But then when they walk into the kingdom hall, everybody respects them and they, you know, they're elevated. And that does definitely have a a certain appeal to particular types of personalities. So I totally see that being the case.
3: My ex-wife used to always say that it was all about putting on a suit gives people this newfound sense of importance. (laughs) And they put on that suit and they feel like they have this minuscule power within the organization. And they just act like absolute (laughs) I don't know what I can say here. Uh, Terrible (laughs) types of people. (laughs) I didn't go over the rules. Sorry, I was late. You know exactly Um, what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, feel free to speak freely. I've been demonetized, so it's not going to make a a slightest bit of difference.
3: (laughs) Okay, no problem. Let me just get them all out of the way real quick. Okay, hold on.
0: OK. Um, Cam Schmuck, I haven't read The Elder's Manu before. I don't want to get that angry on a Sunday. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. Well, really, yeah, actually, The Elder's book is so insanely boring for 80%, 90% <laughs> of it. But it's when you get mm-hmm. to those chapters of the judicial portions, oh, it, it's insane. Yeah. Which right. probably the first thing, when, when someone becomes an elder, I guarantee you, for 99% of elders, that's
3: the section that
0: they open up to so they can find out how this all works. <laughs> Blow through it, go <laughs> <section>. <laughs> For sure. Oh, boy. That's hilarious. Uh, Jenny Bergman, the use of ellipses is telling and so obvious. How did we overlook that for so long? Do you know what? That's exactly how I felt when I realized that for the first time. I, when It was like in the first couple of weeks after waking up, I was watching um, Melissa Doherty. Um, I think she spent a brief time as a witness, but um, I think she's been in several different religions, if I remember rightly. But she was the first person who like, I saw do that, you know, looked, saw an ellipsis and then went and found the original publication. And I just thought it blew my mind. I thought to myself, why has nobody ever thought of doing that? Why did I never, ever think of doing that? And mm. she just showed so many examples of them blatantly misquoting. Yes, you know, it was really I, bad.
1: I had a couple of conversations with um, a former Awake writer in Australia. Oh, um, his name is Ben. He's, you know, really, really nice guy. And uh, I met him in, uh, in uh, I think it was the Reddit chat. You might know him, uh, or yeah. the, the like, that That's sort of Reddit chat. And he was telling me effectively his job as an Awake writer was just quote mining, just... Just you know, reading through other stuff, just trying to find a quote and trying to find trying to find somewhere anyway of you know adding some some kind of gravitas to the discussion they're having. You know, so and so has said this, and you know, and that's what he said to me. My job is effectively just quote mining uh, other publications to support uh, uh, the viewpoint of the Watchtower.
0: Yeah, it's very intellectually dishonest, extremely mm. and
3: manipulative. And they called it research. Yeah. yeah. Oh we're doing research. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um
0: you made a good point as well, um, Matt, about looking at court documents. Yeah. I think that's a that's a really, really helpful tip. You know, um I've s i have saw the original well not the original, but online. I saw the court documents with the uh Jimmy Swagger case. Are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. No. Yeah. So this is this is goes back to the reason why witnesses stopped charging for the literature. It was because of a court case that Jimmy Swaggart was involved in. Against the state of California, they basically wanted to charge him tax on all of his DVD and book sales. So he went to court with them over it. And I can't remember the the Latin term, but there's there's a, a legal term that's Latin that if somebody files a court case where the outcome of that court case could also affect you, you can add yourself to the case without actually being a participant. And that's what the witnesses done with this court case with Jimmy Swagger and the state of Florida so that they would benefit from the outcome if it went in his favor. or well, it didn't go in his favor, which meant that he owed the, the, the state all of that tax and it wow. also meant that the witnesses would have to pay tax on all of their magazine sales or placements, as we used to call it. <laughs> um, so to get to avoid that, they basically just stopped charging for the literature. Wow. And that, that is the reason why. And, um, I, I, you know, I've, saw, I've seen the court documents for this because they're a matter of public record. Hmm. You know, that's so that's, that can hardly be called an apostate, <laughs> a apostate <No>. driven lie. <laughs> It was all because
3: it was too much of a burden on the brothers and sisters, and it was a matter of love. (laughs) Come on, you got to spin that history, baby.
0: (laughs) That's the thing, and you know, I I only found that out um early this year, early this year, maybe late last year, I can't remember, but um, yeah, I was really, really angry because that's not the line that they fed us, no. Yeah. That's not the line that they fed us. It just goes to show how dishonest this organization is.
1: Yeah, they they tend to whitewash yeah. everything. I mean, you you do kind of any kind of scratching at the surface of the history of the organization, it's just totally whitewashed. I mean, yeah, yeah. When, when you when you think back, you think back to what you accepted and you know how it evolved and all that thing. It's it's quite embarrassing. I f- I find it embarrassing personally that I just kind yeah. of pretty much dragged down the narrative. Of, you know how the organization started, how it evolved, how you know successive presidents were appointed, and all the rest of it. And yeah, it's just, you, it's just a, a whitewash. Yeah, absolutely.
3: I like just uh, looking at the size of the the old you know history book of the Watchtower versus the new one. It's like one's like this thick, and the other one's just like paper <laughs> thin. Like we're just going to tell you the new history. Like uh, that seems
2: kind of suspicious. <laughs> I, I know it may, I, going into the court document stuff, going into elders' letters may seem, oh, it is boring, but going into it is, uh might be kind of daunting for people. But I, I do remember um, when I was an elder and we, we had the letter that came through uh, basically talking about how they were canceling all the loans everywhere. And then, oh. you know, not terribly long after that had, who um, uh, was a Stephen Lett that gave the famous broadcast of canceling it and how how wonderful God's organization is, how any bank would never do this, let us <laughs> let alone not even mention the fact that uh, any bank would love to have this strategy so they could possibly pull it off. But in the elders' letter, when it talks about how we canceled the loans, um, I remember reading the section of the letter that was only given to elders, which said that uh, the donations, that essentially saying all the donations are going to make Will will most will be at least the same amount that you were donating before. So they made it sound like they had canceled everything. And yeah. and as I was reading it, I was like, this, this doesn't seem right. Something's messed up here. But of course, when you're a believing person, you you just it just kind of goes over and you don't think about it again.
1: Right. And then but, and then like they subsequently went on to one of the biggest land grabs you know in history, just signed over all the all the kingdom walls to themselves at the stroke of a pen. I mean. Oh yeah, we're canceling the debt on your mortgage, but you got
3: to get out cuz we're taking it back. What's yeah. really <laughs> funny, I go hiking quite often and um depending on where I'm going, there's, you know, always kingdom halls that I end up passing on the way. And just this year, I've noticed four different kingdom halls that have completely been boarded up and sold and uh wow. just completely moved on, just like in the, you know, my area like four already gone and you know a hundred percent that's exactly what they were doing when they're like yeah let's just hand over all of the deeds to us and Mm -hmm. uh, we'll take care of it for you and some of these places are like really far out so i don't know if it's like a plan just to move to a total zoom call thing but yeah i mean if there's not another kingdom all within a hundred miles of you all the brothers and sisters and other parts of the world walk for 50 miles so you can drive for a (laughs) hundred i don't know what the process is but it's wacky yeah, it is.
0: Okay, there was a there was one more comment um by yes, thank you.
3: I might have to uh, change my camera battery out. I have a blinking light and I don't know what it is, so if I disappear, <laughs> that's what happened.
0: Okay, no problem. Just um rejoin afterwards, it'll be fine. Okay, Anon. By the way, can't prove this, but I'm currently in Bethel. They have a secret electronic database of all old publications, everything ever digital. More on this when I leave. That's really, really intriguing.
3: That would be huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I have verifying uh, uh, all of those old dodgy
0: PDFs.
2: Yeah, I've, well, I have some friends of mine that have said something similar to that. Um, who uh, while, while I was in, um, that said the same thing. They have access as a bit like, um, that's what they told me. I, I, since I was never able to actually confirm it, I've never really mentioned it. But if, if that's extra confirmation of it there, then I guess it was true
3: that's actually weird because i haven't thought about that in a long time but my brother he was in bethel for a while and come to think of it he mentioned that they did have like a digital access that was searchable to older publications well i haven't even thought about that for a minute sorry i didn't (laughs) mean to interrupt (laughs) it's
0: okay yeah that that's huge that is absolutely huge so um anon please could you reach out to me? Um my contact details are in the video description. Please send me an email. I'd love to have a chat with you. Okay, so um let's move on. So uh Mark, would you like to go next?
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. Um yeah, when I was listening to Matt talk, I think pretty much what I'm going to do is pretty much what Matt said. Because he, he was talking about like going back to first principles, right? Where you like you, you ask yourself, would you accept this kind of reasoning from another religion, um, or like you know, if, if it wasn't, if you weren't obliged to believe that, would you believe it if someone else told you? And uh, um, that's pretty much what I've prepared. It's it just, but it's examples of that. Um, and I think I think something you said, Riley, was was really important at the beginning. Um, you said that you gave yourself permission to look at information and i think i think that's really like crucial i think it's probably the linchpin of, of the entire discussion here because if someone's not ready to give themselves permission it doesn't really matter what the source is right i mean i mean like it could be absolutely ironclad 100 true but if a person isn't ready to go there it's not really gonna not gonna mm-hmm. work um so yeah like i think you're right people do have to just give themselves that permission to look and and to reason as as Matt said from first principles um i was thinking one of the best examples i think at least um when it comes to just just how simple it is is uh deuteronomy 34 because um i had an example recently i was on uh, reddit i was just after the memorial and this guy was was like fully in jw and he was going on about you know why are we not witnesses what, what problems do we have why is it why do you think our religion is illogical and so i got into a bit of a back and forth with him and i said look do you want to have a private chat about this and he said okay so we had a zoom chat and he refused to like show his face because he thought i might record it but um so we had this conversation and he said to me okay tell me why jehovah's witnesses beliefs are illogical and i said okay i'm going to give you one example and he said okay and he was like This guy sounded super confident, like there was nothing that could faze him. So I asked him to turn up Deuteronomy 34, and I think it's verse 5 and 6, if I remember correctly. But in this chapter, it discusses Moses' death, his burial, his mourning, and that no one knows the location of his body until this day. And so I asked this guy, I said to him, who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? And he said, I don't know. So I said, okay, you, you know you're in, you're, you're in a problem when you're telling someone what their beliefs are supposed to be, right? You, you'll often find this when you're talking to, J, to J, JWs. But anyway, I told him, look, it's Moses. He went off and confirmed that it was Moses. So I said, okay, read Deuteronomy 34, 5 and 6. And when he did, he was totally stumped. I mean, he, he laughed. I could hear him laughing, and he said, I don't know what to say to that. Because it's just so blatantly and unimpeachably obvious. If you believe that Moses wrote Deuteronomy, and here we have a text telling us that he died, he was buried, and we still do not know to this day where his body is. It's just it's just devastating if you allow yourself to go there. It's just devastating. Now, of course, you might still be able to believe in the Bible, right? You might think, okay, maybe Moses didn't write it. But for me, that was a really, a really important thing to do—to be able to say, "Okay, I'm supposed to believe Moses wrote this, but it is completely irrational given just these two verses. So, what else? What else about the Bible, or about my previous beliefs, do I need to give some kind of revision to?" Um, and so, I think that's a very good example when you're when you're reasoning with with a, a Jehovah's Witness. Um, Just using the Bible and just using a very simple logical reasoning, it like there's no way out of that unless, you know, if you go onto the the Watchtower Library, you're going to find rationalizations. Um, I mean, it's it's obvious you're going to find that, but um, it's just it's it's as clear as anything that this couldn't be the case. Um, I think another thing to do with like the the writing of the Pentateuch has to do with the language. I I read a book by Richard Elliott Friedman, I think it is, called Who Wrote the Bible. And he was comparing, he briefly compared the language of uh, the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, with the language of Moses time. And what he said was in the book was the language of the Pentateuch is so much more advanced than the language of Moses time. It's like comparing, comparing Shakespearean English to modern English. And so what he pretty much said was, um, if you found a text and uh, it was in Shakespearean English, I mean, it could have been written today, but it could also have been written in Shakespeare's time. Um, mm. If you if you discovered a text and it was written in modern English and someone said to you, well, Shakespeare wrote that, it's just, it's just literally impossible that that could be the case. Um, because the language hadn't evolved to that stage yet. And so, like, there's this is a, another simple example, but when when you can admit to yourself that Moses couldn't have written the Pentateuch, and this is one of the like crucial things of the dogma that is unquestionable. I mean, you, you went to the watchtower library, they will tell you Moses wrote it, and Jesus confirmed that, so it's a it's it's a fact and it can't be questioned. But if you allow yourself to say, well, that couldn't be the case because it can't, and um, it just opens the door. Um, it's a bit like what, what Matt was saying. If you just go to first principles, would I accept this line of reasoning from a Mormon or uh, from a, a Buddhist or whatever, any other religion to defend their sacred text? You know, any reasonable person is going to say no. Um, and I think just, just one final thing, I think um, was really important to me was um, I read a book by Steven Pinker called Better Angels of Our Nature. And he's a psychologist in uh, in Harvard, I, I think it is. And this book was pretty much a discussion of why or how uh, violence and war have declined over the centuries. And when I first saw this book, I just passed it in a bookshop, and I was stunned by the title because as a Jehovah's Witness, I just assumed that war and violent crime had like pretty much just increased. No end, pretty much, you know, since year one, and that we were living, like there's several examples in, in Watchtower literature where it calls the time that we're living in the age of violence, or that the time period we're in, we're in is unprecedented for its violence and its warfare. And this book was just, just absolutely devastating to that. Um, I mean, it's just, we are literally living in the most peaceful era in human history. Um, we're living in an era where um, Violent crimes are an order of magnitude lower than most of our ancestors experienced, and the period of time since the end of the Second World War is the longest stretch of time that the major powers have not been in a major conflict. I mean, these are these are facts that you could find out independently. But I was, I, I was reading all these things, page after page after page, and when I finished the book, I just could not accept the last days dogma anymore because, um, well, it just couldn't be true because the Watchtower and the Bible says the last days would have you know violence and warfare as a distinctive feature, right? It wouldn't just be a little bit worse. It would be a distinctive feature of the last days. And yet it's not just untrue. It's the, it, the opposite thing has happened, right? Violent crime has come down, warfare has come down. And by almost any metric you go by, um, we're living in a period of time that is the opposite of what the Bible describes the last days to be. And so, yeah, So, and this was something that really struck me because when I, I stopped coming to meetings, like a couple of months after I read that book and the elders came to see me. And one of the elders said to me, um, you know, Stephen Pinker's an atheist, right? And I said, yeah, I, I do and his reply to me was well what else would you expect him to say then you know as if as if the fact that he was an atheist was the reason he was saying these things as if there was mm-hmm. some kind of cynical ploy on his part to just to try and manipulate people and this is the mentality that the organization tries to infect people with is that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're like a tenured professor at Harvard right if you're writing something that's different from the organization you must have some sinister or malevolent aim in mind because that's all they have to go with i mean this elder pretty much just uh did an ad hominem attack on stephen pinker because he's an atheist and he's he's writing literature that contradicts jw dogma. um i was just stunned by that i was just literally stunned that he would use that as at, at this point when i was waking up i had some secret hope that i was just wrong somehow but that like somebody could correct me and like point something out to me but um yeah after i met the elders and they they you know gave me comments like that it was just you know i just knew i i I just knew that i had to i had to start over and just think for myself i had to just look at everything again um and I think I think what Matt said too is is very important. Just because you read something or, so, or you see something on the internet doesn't mean it's true, of course. But you know we're all we're all reasonably smart people, so we can you know you can you can double check things and you can use your own power of reason, right? I mean, if violent crime has been falling and it fell like precipitously pretty much at 1914. Um, this in itself is disconfirmation of the last day's dogma. The scripture in Deuteronomy 34 is just proof positive that Moses is not write the Pentateuch. So there's like a thousand issues like that. I'm sure Wally and Matt and yourself could list off a thousand other things. Um, but I think it's ultimately what you said, um, Riley. It's give yourself permission. Just mm-hmm. give yourself a little bit of permission to go there. Use your own power of reason and you will find information uh. And it will just, it's a house of cards. Once you let something go, the whole thing will crumble. And that's why the organization just indoctrinates people with this idea that apostates are vicious and they're manipulative and they want to hurt people. Because if you allow yourself to objectively listen to what many people that are called apostates are saying, um, it just goes straight to the heart of the dogma and it, it rips it out. And there's, there's no coming back once you allow yourself to, t- to take that
0: first step. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely right i mean you you made a really important point about um things getting worse in you know jw doctrine since we're in the last days now is' supposed to be the worst time in history in every possible metric you can you can imagine but ask any devout jehovah's witness whether they would prefer to live now right. or 200 years ago what do you think they'll say
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a very good point, it, and it's, yeah, it, it's like, it, yeah, it's 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 like it, we can't we compartmentalize things when we're witnesses, don't we? I mean, like witnesses are not witnesses are not they're not stupid. I mean, I, I actually have tremendous sympathy for witnesses, especially witnesses who come in from the territory, because they're people who are thinking, right? They're people who look at problems and they want solutions. I mean, yes, they've opted to believe the most trite and trivial solution out there but for the most part there are people who see problems in their own life they see problems in the world and they want some kind of answer that they haven't been able to formulate themselves and um, unfortunately they just been led to a dogma that once they're once they're bound to it is extremely difficult to break free from but um, it's quite sad
0: it's true I mean um, I was raised with um, an older sister and a younger brother and at one point, all five of us, you know, including my, my parents, we were all witnesses at, at one point. But then um, I think my sister was the first to to leave the organization. Then my dad, then my brother. And it was only my mum and myself who were left. I mean, I'd, I'd grown up and gotten married and left home by this time. But um, I used to work. Sorry, I hope you don't mind me just uh, <laughs> sidetracking to tell you a little anecdote but, um, I, I used to work not far from my mum so every now and again and I still had keys to her house so every now and again I'd go over to hers at lunchtime and help myself to lunch, lunch. <laughs> or she'd invite me over and have she'd have this big spread and um, just on the on the, one the off chance I just turned up unannounced one afternoon and the house was jam-packed full of witnesses It was like she was having like a a lunch party and um, there were two circuit overseers there. And one of them, I won't mention his name, but one of them actually has a very famous brother or his brother is actually famous in the UK. He's a comedian. So um, I was sitting down eating lunch and talking to this circuit overseer. And he said to me, so do you have any siblings? I said, yeah, I have an older sister and a younger brother. And he goes, oh, are they still in the truth? And I said, um, no, they're not. I'm I'm the only one who's in. They left quite some time ago. And he goes, how come, you know, you're still in? What, what, what made you stay? And I'd never asked myself that question before. So I just paused and I thought about it. I said to myself, the truth gives me answers. The truth tells me why the world is the way that it is.
1: Mm. Yeah
0: you know and and that honestly was the reason why I was still in it because the world made sense to me in the lens of witness doctrine but if there's one thing that I've learned since leaving the organization is that it's possible to have what is in your mind bulletproof logical reasoning and still be wrong Mm. (laughs) If your logic and reasoning is based on faulty or incomplete information, <laughs> right? And and in this case, the faulty information is that the world is ten times worse than it was in the past. Mm. When it's not, and that's something that can be empirically proven, regardless of who it is that's saying it. Yeah. You know whether the person's an atheist or not. It just astounds me that that elder said that to you, Mark. <laughs> because okay. you know it's not as if you're speaking of his own initiative, as it says in the scriptures, you know, everything he said can be empirically proven. So what his beliefs or non-beliefs are shouldn't even matter.
3: When I uh, brought that point up to my mom, when we were talking one time, she said, well, in Matthew, it says that, you know, there's going to be reports of wars. And so really what it's saying is that they're just going to be more well-reported on. So it's actually predicting the age of the internet <laughs> oh and over-reporting and Fox News <laughs> and CNN oh and just the <laughs> mental <laughs> fuckery that goes on there. It's so obnoxious. It's like As oh my, as, a, yeah. oh as laughable the as that is, gymnastics. that was actually...
2: yeah, That was what I did mentally. I was like, okay, even <laughs> if it's not right, um, it could be that you know, you're going to hear of it more. So obviously, maybe <laughs> technology—it's technology—allows us to hear it more because of whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Um, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. And you'll you will <laughs> jump through some 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 pretty big hoops to make it work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's
1: there's this, there's this idea in in sociological theory called the uh, Thomas theorem. Has anybody heard of that? It's this idea that the the reality that you believe becomes real for you so that I think this is really kind of relevant for witnesses because if you really believe the world is like depraved and disgusting and getting worse and there's a special group of people in New York who have this special access to God's spirit to understand the Bible and you need to just go on the preaching work and be loyal to the organization and things will work out okay it starts to actually become real for you I mean you, you start finding information that validates all of these different things until you have this little world of your of your own that just seems to confirm this ideology. Even though all it takes is for you to like step outside that bubble and just to see how untrue it is. If if you're like, if you have this real expectation that this is the way the world works, it's to some extent gonna work that way for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I was listening earlier on today to the podcast. Uh, what should I think about? Are you familiar with that? No. So uh, it's a really good podcast, by the way. Um, it's by an XJW called Stephen Mather. So he does the podcast with his daughter.
1: Sorry, what's it called
0: again? Uh, it's called What Should I Think About. So, um, so I was listening to it earlier today, and they spoke about this thing called. The, I, the Ikea the IKEA problem or the Ikea phenomenon is it, something to do with, with Ikea, right? So what, what it actually describes is that when you actually take part in building the dogma in your own mind, because as witnesses, when things don't make sense, you have to do all of these mental gymnastics to make the thing work. Mm-hmm. Just like when you buy furniture from Ikea, you have to put it together yourself right. So um, somebody done some study somewhere that said that um, when you take part in building something, you attach a higher value to it because you took part in building it. Yeah. So each witness to, you know, to a lesser or greater extent has taken part in building the doctrine in their own mind.
1: Yeah, it's called the endowment effect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they, they've they taken part in building that doctrine in their in their own minds, so they're less likely to to discard it and more likely to hold onto it because they've you know they've had a share in building it just through doing all of these mental gymnastics to make it make sense. Yeah, yeah that's really
1: but, interesting.
0: Yeah, very very interesting. Hmm. Okay, yeah, let's. I, I, uh, I, have, I have sorry, to go to that,
1: that there's there's so many. There's so many people in the organization that have like peculiar beliefs just to themselves or their little group yeah. of people their family and yeah i think that's an example of what you're talking about like there, there is kind of wiggle room for things that you know the organization will tolerate i mean that there's there's like gray areas that people can kind of fill the space with and, and they kind of make it their own they make the truth their own right and yeah and that's exactly. probably why it becomes so they become so personally attached to it because they feel it's like it's like part of themselves
3: but they can only be you know their own they can only be themselves up to a point and then once you hit that point where it butts up against watchtower doctrine done and you just mentally shut off and stop doing any hard work right
0: yeah yeah
3: absolutely like i (laughs) I remember having conversations while out in service with my brother because he likes astrophysics like me and we were just talking about you know the probability of other Adam and Eve's, you know, existing in the universe and that, you know, maybe God had other sort of plans and setups and things that, you know, we were talking about. I'm like, so do you think it's actually true? And it wasn't, I don't think it's true. It's, well, it can't be true. And it's that moment where you're you know, as you said, the Ikea effect where you're putting this into it, wherever it like gets right up to the instructions. And it's like, well, no, I have to put the screw in this hole. I can't, I can't just yeah. move it over a little bit, even if it's more optimal, maybe you are more clever than the person that actually wrote the manual. Just accept it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Okay. Uh, can we have some,
3: uh, comments, please? I'm going to go get some more ice because I'm absolutely dying. So just give me one second. You guys do comments. I'll be right back. No, no problem. You go for it. I'll get my other camera battery just in case.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right, Sammy Y-Tube, so true. We keep looking at the badness in the news to help Watchtower explain why they are the truth. Yet the world keeps getting through traumas like the pandemic and other crimes. Absolutely. I mean, speaking of wars, even when there are wars, I mean, there are less wars, but even when there are wars, less people die. Mm. yeah you know yeah very very true gene says like I said Nostradamus wrote better prophecies <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he, his prophecies are also very vague though as well well mm-hmm. so if you're gonna be a prophet I guess that's the way to do it in it okay awaken G I so appreciate all the elders who have come out of the organization and saying what was really going on and backing us up. Yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely true. Yeah, it's certainly certainly rough. Uh, but I think the more elders, if at all possible to to get out there and do it and to just to show, hey, even the guys who are elders, uh, <laughs> they're they're leading just as just as quickly as everyone else is. Um, Even some of the uh, ex-elder and Pimo elder friends that I have, um, you know, you have guys that are on the platform giving assembly talks right now who are Pimo elders and do not believe it, and they are stuck because they're trying to figure out a way to leave so that they can save their family and, and get out with some manner of dignity while at the same time trying to mitigate the problems inside the congregation. It, it is an unenviable situation that they are in. Um, I, I'm extremely thankful for them because they are trying to mitigate some damage since they're stuck, um, and also being able to leak information. Um, you know, so for for those of you guys who are doing it, uh, I greatly appreciate what you're doing and hope to see you on this side of the on this side of the camera at some point too.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, I I echo those sentiments as well.
0: I mean, there were a couple of elders that I'm having um, frequent contact with who are PIMO and are in exactly that situation, and I do not envy them at all. I really don't. I mean, the weight of responsibility being an elder in the first place must be huge. And then, you know, to find out that it's not the truth and you and your family you're in, and you know you're like a third generation witness and you you know the pressure i can't even imagine it i can't even imagine the pressure
3: Some of so I favorite really favorite do conversations really that good from the Pimo elders that email me or whatever they're always just super fascinating and heart absolutely goes out to them right yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I see someone mentioning in the chats the david atlas uh, he's another one of the ex elders uh, morning wanting us to mention that we we do have kind of a support group for X and Pimo elders so if there are any of you guys that happen to come across this video uh, feel free to reach out to myself or mark um, you know we, we it's it's a lot of abuse that you go through a lot of um, recovery that you kind of that you have to deal with uh, and support going through it um, so if any of you guys are out there feel free to reach out
0: thank you thanks very much for that okay hey, um there was a comment we missed from my good friend guy one yes. two one the endowment effect has two psychological reasons for cause and effect one is the one you mentioned Riley, called ownership the other is loss aversion where they stick with it regardless of how is there a follow-up or how both <laughs> Applying to the JWs. Thank you very much for that, Guy. That's very, very insightful. Thank you. Uh, any more comments? Ready to dance again. IKEA investment building Kindle Horse surgery. Yeah. It is true. It is actually true because I've spoken to people who, you know, were directly. Involved in either financing kingdom kingdom hall projects or physically building kingdom halls, and when those kingdom halls get sold, it leaves a bitter taste in their mouth—a really bitter taste in their mouth, which is understandable because you know it feels like you've been conned. Yeah. Uh, any more comments uh, from David Atlas? Uh, thanks Matt, if you are an elder who is stuck, our Discord chat is 100% anonymous. Thank you very much. Um, if uh, one of you guys could give me a link to the Discord chat, and what I'll do is afterwards I'll put it in the video description.
2: Okay, Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh The Knowing X, this is much better than going to the Zoom meeting. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, great. Let's move on. So, uh, Wally, you're up next.
3: Oh, boy. Your, your fine guests have already covered pretty much everything that I really like <laughs> <had> to say. <laughs> That's why I just... wanted to go
2: first? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could just fill in with my take on certain things. I'm always up for a good rant, so uh, why not let it ride? Um, yeah, I think they've covered most of the basis about You know, when you're evaluating the texts and or the the Watchtower or the Bible, you know, you need to be able to look at it rationally and reasonably. And I know you said give yourself permission to think. I think if you're at this point where you're actually watching this, don't just give yourself permission to think for yourself, like force yourself to do it. And it's not easy and it's not going to be fun and like hunky dory but it will be worth it because it's not a you can't be passive when it comes to being indoctrinated ever since you were a child or maybe you had a tragic circumstance in your life that brought you into it you you need to be sort of aggressive with it you need to actually take charge of your brain and that would be my like biggest tip for people is yes you can get all of this information but it won't have any effect on you if you don't have the foundation of logic and reason and how to think. Critical thinking is quintessential before you start pouring in 607 and blood and 1975 and 1914 and all this other stuff. So what, maybe I'm only using my own personal example, but what helped me so much was that I was reading, you know, Montaigne and Francis Bacon and Nietzsche, and I, I like was studying philosophy and logic just in my spare time as a window cleaner because if you're a window cleaner you've got a lot of extra time on your hands that's why you can pioneer that's why they all do it and i think that that was so important because once i hit the point where i did ask that important question well is it really so i was able to properly properly evaluate it and then when you look at the counter arguments and you do the thing that every ex witness or someone that's still in does when they have that anxiety attack, as you said, you start just pouring through watchtower literature. But if there's no foundation for that to land on, you're, you might end up in some other cult. You might end up in some other goofy, you know, belief set. And what you should be doing is focusing on the life of the mind and how to actually process and evaluate evidence correctly and not get bogged down with your own personal comforts Uh, the watchtower functions as like a mattress it's just there because it's comfortable and if you leave the mattress you'll be on your feet and hey i don't want to be on my feet i'd rather be laying down it's it's lazy and i think that when people leave and maybe I'm just jaded by messages and YouTube comments and emails and Facebook messages from people that continue the exact same lazy thinking once they've left the organization and they haven't taken up the task of actually understanding, you know, what a logical fallacy is. Uh, Matt, you did a great job of just like, I'll I'll just break it down. It's it's super simple and and it's not hard you don't have to have a phd in order to extricate yourself from a cult you just need to have a a, a working sort of brain (laughs) i suppose and you need to push yourself to that moment so i guess that would be my biggest advice to just veer from anything that was different and uh i guess no one else did mention this um just doing cult comparison is really powerful as well um I think, uh, what's the book called by Lawrence Wright uh, about Scientology, Going Clear, and the Prison of Belief. I think Scientology in the Prison of Belief. If you haven't read that, I read that while I was an active witness, and I found it absolutely fascinating. I gave that to my grandma because we were sharing books all the time, and you know she was interested in trying to get to, you know have a relationship with a grandson, and reading was so important to me. So that was one way that she did it. So anytime I got done with the book, I handed it off to her. Well, when I gave her that, she took three days, made a couple of notes and handed it back to me and said, I don't want to read it. And I was just blown away. I'm like, oh, but it's so fascinating. It's so interesting. And I know you're a sucker for celebrity culture and you get all the stories and all that stuff. And she's like, no, this Hubbard guy, he just sounds like he's crazy and you know their beliefs are so weird, I, I think it's a waste of my time. And I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. So then me and another brother in my congregation, we went to go see the documentary when it came out and we had asked a couple other people, hey, do you wanna go and see it? And the exact same thing happened. Uh, no, we don't really need to see that. Uh, that um, no, I, I'm not interested in that. I, I, I don't wanna learn about that. And that's why I think it's so important, especially if you're early on in your waking up process, instead of going down the rabbit hole of just like force feeding your brain, all of the, you know, quote unquote apostate websites and all the arguments against Watchtower, take like a week or two weeks or a month or a year, however long it might take you and slow down and think about, well, what is an argument? What's a logical syllogism? You know, just go through some like very basic things. And then once you add the, the actual arguments against Watchtower on top of that, your life will be pristine. It will just take off like a rocket ship and you won't believe because you'll be able to identify it and close it down. And there's no stress or anxiety that gets attached with it. You're just like, bang, that's not, that's not right. Bang, that's not right. Bang, that's not right and all the rest of it but yeah i guess that would be like my two things is do some cult comparison get the book of mormon and just read through that and think about jesus visiting america and how funny that is uh you know go into like scientology because there's a lot of good comparisons when it comes to shunning uh and the overworking of their members and yeah i guess on top of what everyone else said that that would be the only additions that i would have
0: Thanks.
3: I, do. It, I have it's, quotes it's, and shit. If you guys want to, oh, I'm sorry. I have quotes and stuff. If you guys want to uh, hear some funny things that I found personally impactful.
0: Yeah, 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 sure. Um, okay. just, just before you do that though, um, it's interesting that you should bring up Scientology because I was actually watching a documentary on Scientology, um, before we started doing doing live stream. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never really, um, really looked into Scientology, you know, religion but i can't believe how many similarities there are between the witnesses and scientology especially in the way that they deal with um dissident members Mm -hmm. it's it's almost identical and after i woke up i started um i read um combating cult mind control by stephen hassan And I had the same reaction then when he was talking about his experience in the Moonies, and I could not believe how similar some of the Moonie doctrines were to Jehovah's Witnesses. So I think you make a really important point when you look at other cults and see how similar they are to Witnesses. There's no way that Witnesses can be, you know, the one true religion or God's one true organization if it is so similar to all of these really terrible, destructive organizations.
3: Well, they could be. Technically, they could be still true, but you'd have to evaluate their claims. But anyway, I won't be pedantic on you. But yeah, Combating yeah. Cult Mind Control was really good because I, I remember giving that to my ex-wife. Yeah. I'm like, hey, why don't you check out this book? And that's when I was... If you've ever followed my channel or anything, then you know kind of the story. But yeah, she read that and was like, what the hell? This yeah. is all of, a lot of the things that we do. But yeah, that, that's a really good book. Um, it was almost like sad when it was updated and then they had a section about Jehovah's Witnesses in it, because I was like, mm. oh no! No people will look at this and think it's apostate, because it's, yeah. it specifies the Witnesses. But I think it, Lloyd's addition to it was great, so it doesn't really matter.
0: I was I was chatting to somebody on uh, Reddit a while back, and um, he's uh, Pima, but his wife is still like full Pimi, And he said that they were watching uh, Leah Remini's Um, documentary on Scientology, and um, they were watching something about the bike model as well, and his peamy wife said to him, isn't Satan clever for making the definition of a cult fit Jehovah's Witnesses? (laughs) (laughs) Good job,
3: Satan. (laughs) Oh,
0: Oh, that was absolutely hilarious yeah so uh wally yeah you
3: said you have some quotes uh yeah there's just like a couple things that at certain points in my life like i read it and it really spoke to me oh boy this is why you need to be prepared um okay this is a little bit long this is from uh, francis bacon from the advancement of learning uh francis bacon he basically was one of the pioneers of epistemology and helped us understand what I Collection of data actually looks like, and how we can reach reasonable conclusions from putting that thing together. Anyway, uh, page thirty-four, the advancement of learning, in this little beautiful old copy. See, it's all worn out, and the things falling off. Anyway, it says, "Quote: Another error is impatience of doubt and haste to assertion without due and mature suspension of judgment. For the two ways of contemplation are not unlike the two ways of action commonly spoken of by the ancients. The one plain and smooth in the beginning." and in the end impassable the other rough and troublesome in the entrance but after a while fair and even so it is in contemplation if a man will begin with certainties he will end in doubts but if he will be content to begin with doubts he shall end in certainties that is like one One of the most i'm just going to read it one more time Uh, (laughs) if a man will begin with certainties he will end in doubts but if he will be content to begin with doubts he shall end in certainties. And it's, it's such a freeing way to open up your worldview about, okay, you can't start with conclusions. And if you do, you're, you're kind of just being a moron. You, you have to start with doubting and questions and build arguments from there. And you can't do it the other way around. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Anyway, any comments? Go ahead.
0: Yeah, that's, 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 that's a really powerful quote. I've I actually never heard it before, but it, it makes so much sense. Yeah, I yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing. That, yeah. Sorry, so, sorry, go on, Mark.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, that 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 quote was really interesting, but um, I actually think what Wally said earlier on, earlier on, is um, probably more interesting because it's more it's more relevant to the Watchtower. You compared the Watchtower of the leaf system to a mattress. I think that's <laughs> I think that's so true. Because what do you do on a mattress? You either go to sleep or you get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're bang on. Um, I think I might start calling it the mattress.
3: Yeah, yeah. You either you either mentally go to sleep or you mentally get
0: fucked. Okay, there you go.
3: <laughs> the worldwide watcher, oh, <laughs> <Right>.
0: That's
3: hilarious. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good.
0: Yeah, that was really good. I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs>
3: Okay, it was worth it.
0: <laughs> it was.
3: <laughs> yeah, our, our lives were made better by it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's let's take some comments.
3: <laughs> oh, can I give one other quote? Or yeah, sure. Okay, I'll just do one more. Uh, would you rather have more Francis Bacon or uh, Thoreau? Uh, let's have Thoreau. Thoreau. Okay. I guess this would just be like a word of encouragement. Um, my favorite book in the entire world is walden um and i just i do you, are you guys familiar with walden and who thoreau was he basically just through didn't throw everything away but he moved out to a pond and he built a cabin and he wanted to essentially figure out what life was all about and he did this through solitude and writing and like book learning anyway um should i do this one i don't want to bore people for too long uh Yeah, I'll just do this. I'll get, yeah, we'll we'll go to the end. Give me a second. Okay, here we go. Quote, this was his conclusion after he had lived out there. I learned this, at least by my experiment, that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with a success unexpected in common hours. He will put some things behind. He will pass an invisible boundary new universal and more liberal laws will begin to establish themselves around and within him or the old laws will be expanded and interpreted in his favor in a more liberal sense and he will live with the license of a higher order of beings in proportions as he simplifies his life the laws of the universe will appear less complex and solitude will not be solitude nor poverty poverty nor weakness weakness if you have built castles in the air your work need not be lost. that is where they should be now. Put the foundations under them and I guess that just like speaks to my point is do the hard work. it doesn't matter if you know you have like these lofty goals or something when you're leaving a cult, you know sometimes we slow down once we've left the cult, but keep dreaming and then put the foundation under it, and you'll get there it's just how a meritocracy society works but i guess everyone's not a meritocracy society so whatever
0: mm-hmm. thanks thanks very much Ruby. yeah that's that's really insightful okay let's let's take some comments now uh coastal tv shows there is value to our own experience when we don't identify with it just because we believe something doesn't make it true truth for me has been entirely redefined yeah that's a very good point just because and the thing is i've heard Witnesses say this just because you believe something doesn't mean it's true, but they Have such a lack of self-awareness that they don't apply that to themselves They don't apply that to their own beliefs Which is just you know, it's, it's crazy, but that's how you think when you're indoctrinated
3: Yeah, I think it's uh, mostly think, arrogance, though, right like everything is true exactly. because I believe it's true Yeah, cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gaia121 says, while JWs are in the level of cognitive dissonance they have... Sorry, while in while JWs are in, the level of cognitive dissonance they have is astounding. Everyone else is a cult. They're, they are sane and normal. The second they leave, they see how much the same they were to other cults. Yeah, absolutely. I know it was definitely like that for me. Even after I'd woken up, I was com- absolutely amazed by how similar um, witness doctrine was to, to these other cops. I just couldn't believe it.
3: I think even active witnesses can fully make the comparisons as well. I think that's why it's such a powerful tool in helping mm. people sort of wiggle their way out of their own head. Yeah. Any more comments?
0: Jenny Bergman, Wally, I think that's why support groups are so important. I didn't know about logical fallacies until Reddit. And then I dove deep into untangling all of that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like The collective um, gathering of information and just having different people's perspective, sure, even if 90 percent of them are completely terrible, 10 percent of them might be right or it's 50 50. It doesn't really matter. Don't be scared of information. Don't be scared of facts. Mm-hmm. And the more of it you gather, then you can actually, once you you know understand how it works, then you can actually build upon that and see, okay, well, this is true. This is crap. This is true. This is crap. And you absolutely just like, as she says, untangle.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, one of the ideas that I've that I've heard, you know, some people mentioned of, or some people being afraid to examine the evidence and perhaps realize that they're wrong about something. You know, might you be afraid that you're wrong about it? And one of the best responses, I'm obviously paraphrasing it, was just like no i would be excited to find out that i was wrong about something because that means now that i've obtained this new evidence that means i am now wrong about one less thing than i was before so you should be happy when you find evidence that changes your view because that gives you an opportunity to be better to know better
3: that is so like true and it is so exciting and once you realize that Man, your life just gets so cool after that. It's like, okay, now I want to know all of the things that I'm wrong about because now I can explore more. It gives me more to learn, and then I'm not just sleeping on the mattress.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Um, I read a book um, by some psychologists, cognitive—sorry, uh, cognitive I'm sorry cognitive and they were saying that when you encounter information that confirms your beliefs, you get a hit of, of dopamine. But if you encounter information that is contrary to what you believe, it triggers. It's the same circuit, the same um, cognitive circuit as discussed. Like if you see something that like physically revolts you, the same kind of circuit is going on. It's like you're just you you just want to run away from it. And but I do think what Matt and and um, uh, Wally has said is, is true. You can actually kind of force yourself out of that mentality where you say, "Look, I just want to know what's true," and you you can kind of like sometimes step out of that kind of like psychological mindset and say, look, I just I just want to know what is. And if you can do that, I totally agree with what Wally said. It's like it's very liberating. Sometimes it's a bit scary, but it really is liberating to kind of have this mentality where you can kind of think to yourself, well, to some degree, I think I can figure stuff out if I give myself the time and the opportunity to encounter that information. I mean I might not be able to figure everything out, but at least I can give it a, a good shot because I know how to process information and I'm not bound to any particular ideological viewpoint. I can just form form an opinion based on the information that comes my way. So, yeah, yeah I thought that was really interesting what you guys said.
0: Mm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, D-Lightning. True Wally. They don't want to think for themselves. They want others to tell them what to do and feel and think.
3: Yeah. Children. Just. They're kind of held at a sort of stasis of children mentally. Yeah. I it's so, right and wrong. I just want to be told like, do you want me to vacuum the stairs or do you not want me to vacuum the stairs? Do you want me to clean my room? Do you not want me to clean my room? No, I want you to want you to clean your room. <laughs> Pretty basic stuff, but unfortunately for witnesses, it's like this brain buster. Yeah. I
0: saw on a video recently, I think it might have been one of your videos, Mark, where there was a um, There was a study that showed that if some where where the 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 participants in the study had greater confidence in their beliefs, even if they couldn't explain the beliefs themselves, but the sheer fact that they felt that somebody else could do a good job of explaining it, it made them believe it more. Am I I describing that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's a good summary. That's actually the same book that I just referred to a minute ago. It's called The Knowledge Illusion. It's um, it's this idea that I think I think the human brain can hold something like uh, something very small, but I'm probably getting it wrong here, like something like six gigabytes. I mean, it's like, really quite small, the amount of information the human brain can hold. So we really think we know more than we really do. Yeah. And if we if we have this idea, well, someone knows right? the information is available out there somewhere. We have this kind of illusion that we understand the subject fully or at least better than we really do and that and that's why often people will kind of you'll be you'll be talking with them and they'll say well where did you get that information say well i kind of worked it out myself or maybe i read it in a book whereas they probably just googled it you know two days ago and read two lines on a wikipedia page and they and and then they think they kind of have this you know broad and deep understanding and i think for witnesses that's so relevant because the governing body really, the witnesses' beliefs, understand the Bible better than anyone. No one can understand mm-hmm. it better than them. And then the governing body then passes it down to the witnesses. And so I'm pretty sure that was true for me um, because I just devoured Watchtower literature. And I really felt I understood the Bible. And then when I kind of stepped out and I realized I really did not know anything about the Bible. It was just, it's a completely different book than witnesses are, are led to believe. Um, but you really, I mean, I, I know from personal experience, you really can think that you understand something well, um, just because you have access to information that you consider is authoritative or, or has like some special access to information that you don't.
2: Yeah, I completely identify with that. I remember, and it makes me think of an interview that, uh, or a story that for any of you who know Fifth Cliff Henderson Talked about how when he would be reading uh you know things about the prophecies and the publications i had basically the same moment of reading uh i was a book study conductor at the time of when we were going through the revelation book i remember reading through it and thinking man i would have never got this if if i were reading Bible on my own how wonderful it is that these guys understand this and and they obviously get it so i would never have come away with this and of course now that i'm on You know, this side of the fence, I'm like, oh, well, that's because they were making it all up. But because I as a story figure, uh, you know, I thought they knew what they were talking about. So I just went along with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Are there any more comments? Oh, oh, my good friend Dennis. Uh, Great point, Wally. Comparing Watchtower to a mattress. JWs don't want to get out of their comfort zone and think for themselves. Absolutely. It's, I mean, this is go back to what you were speaking about just now, Mark. It's like outsourcing your, your thinking ability yeah. to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it's really sad that that people do that and that you know, while we were witnesses, we did that.
1: Yeah, very true. I mean, I um, I think that kind of puts it on a point that Wally made is that um, like vacuum, vacuum, will I vacuum the stairs or will I not vacuum the stairs? I mean, people, I mean, it's kind of like a, tr- a trivial example, but that's that's really what people are asking. Why well, It's mm-hmm. like um, um, in in uh, Eric Hoffer's book, The True Believer. I don't know if you've read that, but he was talking about why some young, like so many young men, were joining the Nazi party. And one of them said, um, they wanted freedom from freedom. That, <laughs> like the, the idea of like a fully autonomous and free life was just overwhelming for them. They just wanted structure. They wanted authority figures to kind of guide them tell them how to behave, tell them what to wear, tell them what attitudes to have, and that was a source of comfort. And I think high control groups are very similar to that, that um, people, I, I think I'm including myself now, are a bit just overwhelmed by reality. I mean, it's like, when I was a teenager, I kind of was confused, a bit depressed. I mean, what do I do? What's going on in the world? What am I going to do with my life? But if you have like a father figure in like the organization that comes along and says, don't worry, we know everything just follow us believe what we tell you you're going to have everlasting life and you know I fell for it and I feel for people who kind of allow themselves to do that because I understand my mentality when I joined um that I was like the people joined the the Nazi party like I wanted freedom from freedom it was just too much for me and like the the father figure notion of well it's okay just come with us and you'll be all right um that was kind of how I was and it's um yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous trap that you could fall into when, when when you don't have that kind of self-confidence or, or autonomous existence. Um, I think that's the kind of person that, that slips into it. And I, I was I was certainly one of those people. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, I think they target that sort of mental state, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. sure. that's where people are going to be most successful. You drive around and wait for someone to be overwhelmed with the world. Oh, well, my grandma just died <laughs> and I, don't, I haven't actually since I was a kid dealt with the problem of well death sure everything around me dies every banana i've ever bought every car i've ever driven every sponge i've ever bought and every all of it dies now it's a person and now i'm confused oh well what am i gonna do someone comes along with the answer it's like okay Hmm. yeah
0: absolutely
3: okay um let's move on i've
0: got two very quick examples um that i just want to share so Let's see if I can get this right one last time. Okay, right, so this is a quote that I came across on Twitter not too long ago. Um, Let's see if I can zoom in on this. There we go. This is a quote from Charles Taze Russell, believe it or not. I, I found this on the internet archive which is Um, A great resource, by the way, not just for, you know, XJW stuff. It's just a great resource. um, um, Regardless, but this is this, uh, this, this website, what you, what it actually does, it shows you, um, what websites look like before they've been changed. So like, say, say for instance, um, A website has recently been updated you can go backwards in the calendar to see what it looked like on a particular day in the past um yeah i've used it a few times and it's really good but this is a quote from um watchtower by charles Taze russell in 1881 and this is what he has to say about new light and regular viewers of my channel will, will be fully aware of what my feelings are on new light because i talk about it all the time but it makes no logical sense whatsoever and here is charles taze russell saying that himself so he says if we were following a man undoubtedly it would be different with us undoubtedly one human idea um, would contradict another and that which was light one or two or six years ago would be regarded as darkness now but with god there is no variableness neither shadow of turning, and so it is with truth. Any knowledge or light coming from God must be like its author. A new view of truth can never, sorry, a new view of truth never can contradict a former truth. New light never extinguishes old light, but it adds to it. If you were lighting up a building containing seven gas jets, you would not extinguish one every time you lighted another but you would add one light to another and they would be in harmony and thus give increase of light so is it with the light of truth the truth the true increase is by adding to not by substituting one for another now as far as new light goes debunking new light that as far as I'm concerned is a slam dunk it's like case closed what happened after he died <laughs> where the whole thing just got reversed. And now new light can contradict and substitute old light. And it just makes no sense. But what Charles Taze Russell is saying here is spawn. It's absolutely spawn.
1: Yeah, Riley, you're just not keeping up with Jehovah's chariot, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem. Yeah, for yeah, for anyone
2: who wants to see some good examples of that, um I, again i don't remember if it's directly how deep you have to go into Fax to find it but there is a probably on the new light page somewhere there's an extra link that will take you to all of the flip flops that they've done over yeah. the course of the past century up until 2016 i believe is when it was last updated but it is insane when you open that document up and just see how much they've gone back and forth on so many different things uh yeah. so that would be another helpful resource too just to Help you get a, an idea of new light and how how often this organization has used it.
3: I think just the generation, generation teaching by itself is like one of the clearest examples. It just, I mean, it's the righteous people. It's the wicked people. It's the righteous people. Again, put that together with what you just said. Boom, you're done. Woo. Moving on to <laughs> progressive revelation. It is the silliest Christian doctrine I, I've come across. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, the, 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 the fact that new light can replace or contradict old light is, you know, that's ridiculous in itself. But where it becomes particularly harmful is the fact that a lot of the doctrinal flip flops have been things that have cost people their lives. And, you know, the, the organisation takes no responsibility for that whatsoever, which is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. I mean, it's one thing to have a ridiculous doctrine that doesn't make sense and that is easily debunked. It's quite another thing to have a doctrine that actually kills people.
3: Yeah. Facts.
0: Okay, so I have one last um, example, and this is from a Reddit thread which Matt very kindly shared with me earlier on today. Right. Now, although this this um, this thread is on the XJW subreddit, all of these references come from Watchtower's own literature, and I won't go too deep into it. But basically, you can use Watchtower's own literature to debunk 607 BCE. So these are all things that Watchtower has publicized publicized in its own literature. All the the years of the kings of Babylon, when they started reigning, how long their reign was. And you can actually start, we're using 539 BCE as a starting point, which was the end of Belshazzar's rule. Add up all the years of all the reigns of all the subsequent kings, and it actually comes to 587 BCE, which is the date that is unanimously agreed upon by historians and archeologists as being the date the year when uh, Jerusalem was destroyed. And you can actually, this is just simple math. This can't be apostate lies. This is just simple math from Watchtower's own publications that disprove the whole 607 BCE um, teaching.
3: I remember doing this um, one of the times an elder came around and heard that I was, or, you know, noticed that I was starting to slip away as it were. And I just, I brought this up to him. I'm like, we can only use Watchtower publications and the Bible. And this is the date. And still he said, well, no, because that's not what, you know, the publications teach. And "And this is the problem of not being able to actually think like a rational person. This is, that's exactly where it gets you. The publications teach this and they also teach this. It's either 587 or it's not 587. What are you saying? The publications say it's 587. Well, no, they also say 607. Okay, well, just stop listening to them because they don't know what they're talking about. Easy.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. With the whole 607 thing, that's like the quote, the Francis Bacon quote that you that you said earlier, um, Wally. It was starting with a the conclusion. They started with a conclusion to make it fit. Mm-hmm. Oh, we lost someone. Oh,
3: yeah, we lost man. Matt. Yeah, Matt's been gone for like two or three minutes. I think. He oh, was I didn't think tired was already, my interruptions. Oh, okay. Um.
0: Oh, maybe he had a uh, internet connection problem. Um. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Um. They they started with a conclusion. They they started with that. They had to make it fit 1914. So they started with that, and it worked backwards. That's why they hold on so so fast to that date, even though their own publications disprove it
3: yeah it's like the uh, jw broadcast with david splain of do the math it's like well we know that this is the date of the flood therefore we're going to work backwards and say you know well the sphinx couldn't have been built at that time and they just have it so flip-flopped in their heads but once you can identify it bliss yeah
0: yeah i mean not only is it incorrect it's intellectually dishonest to do that, you know, starting with a conclusion and working backwards to prove your conclusion. And it's also, yeah. it's also extremely arrogant because it's basically saying, I cannot be proven wrong.
3: It's just not, sorry. Oh no, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, it's a bit like what, um, what Matt was saying before that, um, you know, getting to first principles. I mean, I think i think where a lot of the watch terror reasoning goes wrong is that just the clear um dogmatic assumption that the bible can't be wrong i mean this is where this is why they go awry with the 607 thing they just say well jeremiah said it would be desolated 70 years and so we just count back from this date and this must be the case so they just they just do whatever is necessary to make those numbers gel mm. together instead of saying well what what if we just take the facts independently of each other and place them together what conclusion will we come to they just say well this is true so if that number is true then we have to make it fit because we'll, we'll do whatever it takes to make the bible agree with itself in different portions and uh yeah, yeah. that's what they're doing they're, they're starting with conclusion and they're making just fallacious um, assumptions to begin with
0: yeah yeah absolutely you know um I've heard, I've been on a ministry with and, and, and heard witnesses speaking to the householder and the householder says, well, I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe that it's the inspired inspired and inerrant word of God. And then the person I'm working with says, can I just show you a scripture to disprove that? And then they <laughs> open the Bible return turn to Second Timothy. Yeah. <laughs> All scripture is inspired of God. And they think off. that that is proof. <laughs> You're a fool. (laughs) You know, they think that that is proof. You know, and I'm just thinking that makes, it makes absolutely no sense to reason that way. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like, that's like me um, having a, just a blank piece of paper and then tell you that it's a 10 pound note. And you say, oh, I don't believe that's a 10 pound note. And I'll say, yes, it is. Look, look what it says on the back. And I've written 10 (laughs) pounds on the back. So what I've written proves that is, you know, I think a, a lot, a lot of witnesses don't actually understand proof as a and evidence as concepts.
3: Yeah. Nope. Just turn to Daddy Watchtower, and they'll tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do the publications say? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we're almost at the end now. Let's just take a couple of comments before we go. Sam, can you put the link to that Reddit post in the chat or description? I will definitely put it in the video description as soon as we go offline. Awake.com, don't forget that JWs are extremely superstitious and any thoughts that they may be the start of waking up, they immediately put it down to the negative thinking induced by demons. Yep, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I've actually been asked while I was still a witness, I've been asked if I've, I was asked if i have been looking at apostate literature because I questioned the way the elders handle a particular situation. And I hadn't gone anywhere near, I was full P I hadn't gone anywhere near apostate literature, but that's the thing. Uh, Patty Osborne, if Jehovah is killing all but JWs at Armageddon, who are the people who are getting another chance to learn about Jehovah?
3: That's us.
0: <laughs> <Nope>. No thanks. <laughs> oh, oh, one, one down. <laughs> according, according to um, witness theology, that will be the resurrected ones, right?
3: Correct. Yeah. All the people that never heard of any, what's what's the Jehovah's Witness, which is a good chunk of the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So th- there's more people that have lived and died than people who are on the earth now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, let's say. 90 percent of them get resurrected the earth is going to be even more overcrowded than it is now and witnesses will be even more outnumbered
3: imagine coming and like actually being resurrected and the first thing you see is just like mountains of dead bodies <laughs> like yeah. you're like oh wow the supernatural is real god had it right all along and the first yeah. thing is like a pile of dead bodies you're like oh yeah. my Le- welcome back sorry about the dead bodies we haven't taken care of it we were trying <laughs> to find the janitors. We we tried to train them all to be janitors and none of them can seem to freaking clean the shit up.
1: I think I think J.R. Frotherford said uh, that anti, anti-matter would take care of that. So Oh, yeah. 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 He, he, has, yeah. He, has his, he has his basis covered, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sammy White Tube says, and they still teach 607 B.C. and 1919 in the current book study, Pure Worship. The ego refused to amend or verbally correct it in an overproduced broadcast video. Yeah, they they can't, they can't let go of that teaching because that is the whole basis of everything. But in particular, it's the basis for the governing body's authority because apparently they were selected in 1919 by Jesus himself, no less. So they will never, ever let go of that. Uh, Gaia121, I'm still processing Mark's dopamine disgust comment that explains so much. Could you please share it, share again the name of the book you were quoting from?
1: Oh yeah, it's um, called The Knowledge Illusion. Um, I think it's by Sloman and Fernbach if I remember correctly, but it's called The Knowledge Illusion. Yeah, it's, it's really really interesting read for sure.
0: The, sorry, The Knowledge Illusion or Delusion? Illusion. Delusion, delusion. delusion. No, okay. I'll put, I'll I'll search for it and I'll put a link to it in the description as well. Jordan from the shunned experience. Evidence doesn't matter to JWs when you actually put evidence to them. It's just have faith. Yeah.
3: Gotta have faith. Faith, faith. faith.
0: (laughs) I I found when I was in that the, the JWs who did believe in evidence, they were even worse than the ones who only believed in faith.
3: That's my brother. He thinks he has it right and he's just so backwards. Yeah. It's aggravating.
0: They were actually worse.
3: I think I was one of those as
0: well because <laughs> I, I I would say I would say that the, the in the in Hebrews, is it Hebrews eleven? Faith is the assured expectation of things hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um so in the original Greek, the words that we translate into faith meant title deed. I remember researching this. Mm -hmm. at some point so if you buy a house and you have the title deed to that house that title deed is proof it's physical proof that the house belongs to you Mm -hmm. so the biblical idea of faith at least from the JW perspective isn't blind faith it relies on evidence just like the title deed so this this is how I would reason it so um yeah, that's, that, that's what I would say when I was on the ministry. We don't just have blind faith. There has to be evidence. But as you know, witnesses have a very skewed concept of what, what evidence actually is. Right. That's a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it just goes to show, like like I was saying earlier, you can you can think in a logical and reasonable way and still be wrong if your logic and reasoning is based on faulty information.
3: Yeah, you can't make mashed potatoes. You could have all the technique right to make mashed potatoes, but you have if you have a you know bag of carrots, then you can't make exactly. mashed potatoes. <laughs> but exactly. I know how to make it. No, you don't. Yeah. You're
0: cool. Exactly. And children children do that all the time. In fact, I have a, a funny story about um, a friend of mine who was a, a nanny, and uh, one of the, she was looking after these these two kids, and she was pregnant herself at the time. So one of the kids said to her why is your belly so big? (laughs) And she said, oh, because I have a baby in my belly. And then he said to her, oh, when I eat a lot of ice cream, my belly gets big because I have lots of ice cream in my belly. Did you eat a baby? (laughs) That's pretty funny. That was perfectly logical reasoning, but he was still wrong because his logic was based on faulty information. (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's hilarious
0: and that that, that typifies how witnesses reason yeah Uh, okay any more comments Mm -hmm. Yolanda Griggs could you also please put each panel's YouTube channel information as well that's already in the um, in the video description Yolanda thanks very much for asking that Any more? No, I think we're done. Ooh, so, thanks very much, guys. <laughs> thanks very much, guys, for joining <laughs> me for this. I really do appreciate, um, you know, the time that you've taken out and also the research and effort that you put into this. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very grateful.
3: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. I enjoyed it. No uh, we'll we have it to like collaborate
0: it. again soon. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, it's
3: what the we the need first, to do uh, is extrapolate on, first like, two a two-hour
0: meeting. <laughs> Sorry, said so, good
3: morning. I said, what we need to do is crab- co- collaborate on one of my goofy skits. You guys could all like be a different body member. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> and also, as far as links in the description go, I think we need to get Matt's ha- hair gel because he has like the best hair gel- hair of it. <laughs> <laughs> it. Needs to go in the link in the description as well.
2: Yeah, Matt's Matt, Matt, yes, <laughs> Well, before I before I do that, I need to get a sponsorship going. So just, just give me <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay. that's,
3: that's fair. That's fair.
2: And, and I'll put a link
0: in the description to the wax that I use. <laughs> Ooh, perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can yeah. cover we can it, cover all ends of the spectrum. Yeah, this yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shine butter. doesn't come about, I come about by accident.
0: <laughs> the XJW grooming show. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay so thank you very much guys thanks a lot i really do appreciate it
3: all right we'll see you later
0: see ya and thank you viewers as well for joining joining and uh tuning in thank you for all of your comments and and all of your um participation very much appreciated if you haven't done so already please click the like button and subscribe to the channel with notifications so that you get notified of all future videos Please proceed to the Jexit in an orderly fashion, and I will see you in the next one. Thank you so much for watching to the very end of the video. If you haven't already done so, please like, leave a comment, and subscribe to the channel. If you like my work and want to help me continue doing it, please support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jexit underscore 2020.